Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. Well, it's good to have everyone here this evening. And um, what we've been doing throughout this entire year, if you've been here at City, you know this, that we have taken an entire year to look at what is found in the Newer Testament and is called the kingdom of God. So we've taken an entire year from different perspectives to take a look at the kingdom of God, which is the message of the Newer Testament that Jesus is king and he has come to usher in a new kingdom. And so we've taken an entire year to look at the kingdom of God. And so this evening's sermon is entitled, The King is Born Christmas Eve. Now in that, what we've been doing every Sunday is we've been praying the Lord's Prayer. And the reason why we've been doing that is because at the epicenter of the Lord's Prayer, there's a phrase that says, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's not a single prayer anywhere in the Newer Testament to go to heaven. But the Lord's Prayer is a prayer inviting God's kingdom to come here, that the kingdom of heaven would come here because we need that. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer out loud together, and then you'll be seated. The Lord's Prayer is found in the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Let's pray out loud. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth in Charlottesville as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. You may be seated. The king is born Christmas Eve and for the next 15 minutes or so we're gonna take a look at the birth story, the story of the birth of Jesus. Now, before we get there, though, there's a couple of things to know. First of all, there are four Gospels in the Newer Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Only two of the Gospels mention Christmas, only two. All four Gospels mention Easter, and up to half of the entire Gospel is dedicated to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Another way to look at it would be this. If Jesus had not been resurrected from the dead, if Easter would not, is not true, you would have never heard of Christmas. Now, only two of the Gospels mention Christmas, and nowhere else in the Newer Testament is the Nativity or Christmas ever mentioned again. It's only found in two Gospels, Matthew, and in the Gospel of Matthew, we are seeing the Christmas story, the Nativity, through the lens of Joseph, and the Gospel of Luke, where we're going to be reading from in just a moment, is through the eyes of Mary. So we get both perspectives. Matthew gives us Joseph's perspective, and the Gospel of Luke gives us Mary's. Now, what I want us to do is we're moving into this Christmas story to the Nativity story. I'd like for you to take a moment and think about the most memorable Christmas gift you've ever received. Most memorable. Let's take a moment. How many of you were surprised by that gift? How many of you had ordered it from Amazon and you knew it was coming? <laughs> by the way, how many of you like surprises? 
How many of you don't? You wanna know what's, okay. Surprises win in this service. With this in mind, the most memorable Christmas gift I ever received was this snowmobile up on the screen. Most memorable. Now, I found this picture on the internet two days ago. I found it. This is so memorable to me because I grew up on a farm in Nina, Wisconsin. By the way, it'll be 35 degrees below zero in the town where I was raised on the farm. Thank you, Jesus, for moving to Virginia, but it seems like the weather found me. So with that aside, I was so excited, and here's why. My grandfather, who lived in Prince Rupert, British Columbia, Canada, where my dad was raised, he had this thing that he did every Christmas, he would buy you whatever you wanted within a certain budget. I went into a Sears magazine and I found this snowmobile and I was so excited. And so I found it, told my grandfather what I wanted. Um, he bought it, it was in a box under the Christmas tree and I can't tell you how thrilled I was that I finally had my own snowmobile, about seven or eight years old. Well, I lifted the box and knew there was a problem because I could lift it and I tore it open, and I picked up the sled, and there was no motor. I had never really read the story behind the snowmobile. It was nothing but a sled. It was not a snowmobile at all. And as a matter of fact, it was a horrible sled. And the reason why is, is because it's very high up, you're not low on the ground, and, it's very, and every time you turn, you just fell over. And so I went from incredible excitement about the snowmobile I had been waiting for for months, but the problem was I really hadn't read the story. Here's Christmas. And at Christmas, I have a simple agenda for this sermon, and that is you would know the story of Christmas over the next 15 minutes or so. Now, with that said, the way the Newer Testament is written and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but specifically Matthew and Luke, when it comes to the nativity and all the stories of the gospel, they're written in a certain way to invite you into the story. How the gospels are written are a form of Eastern literature that invites you to step in. And so in stepping into the story, what you're supposed to do is find the biblical character that represents you the most. So what I wanna do is, I wanna take a moment to actually go into the story and the Christmas story that's so well known to all of us or many of us, and I want us to take a look at the characters that are in the story. Now, in order to help us, here is a nativity scene that you would find at my house. This is a nativity scene that was handmade and I bought it on a missions trip in Ecuador. Here's another nativity scene that you will see in my house. This is hand-carved olive wood, and I bought this when I was on a trip in Israel. So here we go. This is the king in the olive wood Israeli set, and this is the king in the Ecuadorian set. Now what's amazing is, is if you look at the Ecuadorian set, you can tell that whoever the artist was, they actually brought their culture into the story. By the way, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. We are called to read the nativity story in these two gospels and do so and step into them. We're called to step into them. So what I wanna do is, 
I want us to look at the nativity story and especially the nativity scenes that you've seen and I want you to think about the actors in the drama, the true drama that makes up the nativity. And here's the characters that you'll see in every nativity scene. You will see Mary, Joseph, shepherds, magi, and then there's one individual that's mentioned in the nativity that is missing, and that's King Herod. So what I want us to do is now, we're gonna take a brief look at the nativity story found in the Gospel of Luke, which is through the eyes of Mary, Matthew's through the eyes of Joseph, Luke is through Mary. We're gonna take a look at Luke's nativity story. I'm gonna read it, and then we're gonna look at the actors in the story. Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 35, and then 38. Here's what the text says. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I want us to take a moment and be reminded immediately about what the angel said about this baby. Here's what the angel said. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now who are the players in the drama that we find in the gospels for the nativity? Well, first of all, we begin with Joseph. Joseph. Joseph is of royal blood. He is of the line of David. We believe that he was probably much older than Mary. And also, just so you know, he was a stonemason. The Greek word tecton does not mean carpenter. It means stonemason. He was a man that worked with stone. Jesus did the same. So we have Joseph, and Joseph has his encounter in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter chapter 1, verse 20. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You shall give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Just so you know, Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew word or name Joshua, which is pronounced Yeshua. So really, Jesus' name is Joshua in Hebrew. And that name literally means the Lord saves. So what we find next in the story is we've got Joseph and then we've got shepherds. They're the next ones that are in the drama. 
Shepherds, historians tell us, at the time of Jesus were poor, undereducated, sidelined, and forgotten. They were viewed as gypsies, and their word was not allowed in the court of law. And so what we have next is we have an angel that appears to them, Luke 2, 9 through 15. But the angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told them about. Next in our story, the actors in the play are magis. Magi. By the way, it is in the Christmas hymn, We Three Kings. The Bible never says there's three. There are three gifts, not three kings. But what do we know about Magi? I'm of the school of thought that believes that these men were Nabataeans. They were actually from Jordan. They were a group of people, of men, who were powerful and wealthy. If they were Nabataeans, they were also astronomers. They became exceptionally wealthy because they knew how to traverse the desert by using the stars. They were the epicenter of the ancient spice trade. By the way, the last time I was in Israel, I took this picture. This is a picture of the treasury in the valley where the Nabataeans lived. Next, we discover that these magi come to King Herod. And in Matthew chapter two, verses one through seven, they ask the question, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose and we came to worship him. And then finally, we have Herod. Who is Herod? Herod, just so you know, is the assigned king of the Jews by Rome. Herod was brilliant, wealthy, insecure, political. He was part Jewish and he was also the son of a Nabataean princess. He was also paranoid and ruthless. Caesar Augustus said of Herod, it's better or safer to be his swine than his son. So the text tells us that King Herod, and you will notice he's at none of the nativity scenes. We discover in the story that King Herod went and talked to Bible scholars learned what he needed to know about Jesus. He sent the Magi to go and investigate for him and to come back and report to him. But the text tells us that the Magi go to visit Jesus and after they give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh and bow down and worship him, they are warned in a dream to go back by a different route and not to return to Herod. Well, in every sermon we preach at City, we have a phrase called feet to your faith. How do we put faith to our feet? In putting faith to our, or feet to our faith, we are called to remember this story. To remember that's the story of a baby in a manger. 
We do have these other actors, but ultimately it's the story of a baby in a manger. And I want to remind us again of what was said by the angels about this boy. He is conceived of the Spirit. He will save his people from their sins. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. He will bring peace to all mankind. God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign forever, and his kingdom will never, never end. Now, we're called to ask ourselves the question. All of these people came and were part of the nativity story. Which one most closely resembles me and resembles you? I haven't yet talked about Mary. I've saved Mary for the last. You see, Mary was probably about 13 years old when the angel came to her. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. And the text tells us that she's one of the key actors in the play. Mary, at about 13, the angel comes, makes the request that she would conceive of the Spirit and give birth to God's Son into this world. She believed it and said yes. Now as we close, let's look at the actors in the play. You've got Joseph. Joseph said yes, even though he didn't know all there was to know about this boy. The shepherds, they are poor, undereducated, sidelined and forgotten, and yet they've been invited to come and see the baby Jesus. There's the Magi. They are wealthy, educated, and their journey to Jesus is complicated, filled with questions, and it involves science, following stars, and the text teaches us that journey may have taken up to two years. And then we have King Herod. Herod asked a lot of questions. He even inquired of the Bible, but he never went to see Jesus for himself. You see, in the drama, we've got shepherds who hear the message of Jesus they quickly believe, and they travel a very short distance to meet Jesus. The Magi, on the other hand, are wealthy, powerful, and they take a long journey. Their journey is sophisticated and complicated and filled with questions. You see, the shepherds and the Magi are the example of how everyone comes to Jesus. You are either like the shepherds where you hear the story and believe, or you're more like the magi where it may take some time, years, some, some science, some questions, and some complicated side things before you actually come to believe. But I want you to catch this. The nativity story has Jesus at the center, and on this side, there are the poor and the forgotten and the undereducated and the sidelined. And on this side, you have the Magi who are powerful and wealthy and educated and their journey to Jesus is complicated. But I, what I want you to catch is the gospel's clearly letting you know the birth of Jesus is for everyone. It's for those who are forgotten and those who are kingmakers. It's for those who are poor and those who are wealthy. It's for those who are undereducated and those who are sophisticated and highly educated. The gospel is for everyone. But the gospel 
brings you to a manger with a baby. And we are all called to stand at that manger and to, by faith, make the decision, who do I believe this baby to be? And the one thing I'm gonna beg you not to do is to be like Herod. Herod never makes the trip. He asks a lot of questions. He inquires of others, but he never makes the trip for himself. I wanna beg you, do not be like Herod. Be like the shepherds, be like the magi, and come to this baby and determine for yourself, not what your parents believe, not what your aunt or uncle believes, not what your friend believes, but what do you believe to be true about this baby in the manger? The ultimate response is given to us in Scripture, and it's the response of Mary. And the text tells us in Luke 2.19 that Mary looks at everything we just talked about, and it says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Let's stand together. As we stand together, if we could take a moment to close our eyes. But as we close our eyes, let's open our hearts. And as we close our eyes and open our hearts by faith, Let's come to the manger again. Maybe for you it's the first time you've ever really come to the manger and ask yourself the question, what do I believe to be true about this child? Maybe it's literally your hundredth or even your thousandth time where you've considered this story. But as we gather around the manger, we have the shepherds and the magi. We have Mary, we have Joseph, and Herod is missing. What would we say about this baby who's lying in the manger? Well, the text says, the magi worshiped him. So did the shepherds. We're gonna take a moment to worship him together. Let's worship. Oh! 
if you could take out the candle that you were given as you came in. What we like to do in our Christmas Eve candlelight services is we like to pass the light to each other. And so what's going to happen in just a moment is there's going to be a few people who will begin to light different candles along the edges. We just encourage you to please go ahead and pass the light to the people around you. By the way, if you have a small child, please help them with this. It's always a great idea. And so what we're going to do now is we sing Silent Night together. I want us, the whole time we're doing this, to focus again on the baby in the manger, that he's the one that this evening and Christmas Eve is all about. It's about God's son coming into this world and us being, inviting, being invited again by God to determine what do we believe to be true about this child. So if you guys could come forward and we're gonna go ahead and Let's sing Silent Night together again.
we could hold the candles up high. Christ the Savior has been born. And as we hold the candles up high, could we again just close our eyes in God's presence? Which Bible character best resembles you in the nativity story found in Matthew and Luke? My prayer is, is that all, would, all of us would move closer to being like Mary, where we would ponder and believe and treasure in our hearts all of the details of this story. You see, in the scriptures, the heart is the center of who you are. Biblically, the heart is the center. She treasured in the center of who she was all of the things that had been said about this child. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you that truly you are the Savior of all, that you're the Prince of Peace, that you are God's Son, that you are King, and that you truly have continued to rule and to reign. Lord, I pray by faith we would experience this day and for the rest of our lives everything that the birth of Jesus coming into this world has to offer. Lord, so now from the oldest to the youngest, Lord, bless each one. Let's go ahead and blow out our candles. Please do that carefully. And now may the Lord bless you and may God himself keep you. May God turn his countenance towards you and give you his grace and his shalom, his peace in this world on this Christmas Eve. And may his kingdom come and his will be done on earth through Jesus as it is in heaven. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Please turn to the person next to you, give them a fist bump, a high five, a hug, or a handshake, and say Merry Christmas. God bless you. Have an awesome rest of the evening.